today's topic is going to be about loving people and how do we get to love people. I feel like it's so important today, especially uh, with the elections coming up and, you know, God knows what's going to be. Everyone's very nervous um, because everyone's on edge all the time, no matter what side politically you want, and I'm not going to get into the politics, I'm just noticing how everyone is at edge, and everything is just really, you know, it's it's so fragile right now with everything that's going on with COVID, and there's a lot of heat in the air. So we want to, you know, there's a saying that's said in, the, in, in Hebrew, this is not our way. Our way is not to fight, and our way is not to argue and hate our way is meant to be the way of love it's true that we do have even within our community people that like to fight but um we need to remember that that's not our way our way is of love and it's our way it's every human's way it should be because we don't want we need to be healthy it the key to being healthy is to loving the people around us if if i'm suffering that's not good i remember when i first went into yeshiva the first time as soon as I went in, I was just, I remember it. I was, I actually came to myself and I'm like, why am I so angry with everyone? I'm just bothered with everything. Everyone's bothering me. Everything that happened to me bothered me. I was angry with everyone I met. Everyone I saw I was angry with. I was always translating things that people do as annoying. Um, you know, and, and I, I remember this moment when I was like lying in my bed and I was saying to myself, what, what's wrong with me? What, what, what is wrong with me? So um, obviously through yeshiva and study and learning, I came to the recognition that you know, there's many tools that we need to have in order to really overcoming this problem called uh, not getting along with people or this anger problem that's deep from within that we have. So I want to ask you, anyone that's here, what do you think are the t things that we need to do in order to love people more? Does anyone have any ideas of what we could do to Listen love more. people around us more? See if you come up with any of the things I came up with in this class tonight. Listen to them and like understand things from other people's perspectives. Right. Listen to them. Okay. That's good. Understand them. And give people the benefit of the doubt. Giving them benefit of the doubt. is definitely a big fact. A big factor. Anyone else? No one. What else do you think we need? And I know. I know that the key of love is to give and take. Like not only give, to also know how to take. But there's a give good. And take. Knowing how to take from someone is a key to love. Like if someone gives you something and you're like, no, 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 and they're like, please let me give you a drink, and you keep saying no, so you're not allowing them to connect to you. So get, allowing someone to take, uh, allowing someone to give by taking can also be a form of giving. Spoken about that in, in many ways, but that's so true. You should give and also take as well, but your taking should be in order to give, right? But that's the general idea. Uh, is there anyone else, any other thoughts of what we need in order to be more in love with the people around us? Anyone? Eitan? It's okay, you're busy. Repeat uh, the question, please. <laughs> what do you think we need in order to love people more? What we do we need, need to, to do? Yeah, there we go. We need to love ourselves. <laughs> right? If you don't love yourself, how can you love someone else? Where's it going to come from? So I need to love. Love comes from within, right? It's something that starts from within. But if I don't have love within, then how is it going to go to someone else? So I definitely need to work on loving myself. Well done, Eitan. Anyone else? And seeing other people's virtues. Good. So you look at other people and you don't just look at them materialistically. You look at them for who they are and their values. And, um, you know, that's such an important part of seeing them for who they really are and not for the things they have. And by doing that, you actually start loving them more because you say, oh, wow, okay, fine. They don't, they don't look cool like all my other friends. But you know what? 
That doesn't matter. Because I like the person for who that person is, and they have a real neshama, they have a soul. That's something that's, that's, I just want to hang around, you know? It's actually funny. The people that are not the coolest are the easiest sometimes to get along with. I'm not talking about the ones that have, that don't stop talking and they're impossible to talk to because they're just, they're completely out socially off. That's a, that's a different discussion. But the people that in general that are, are not the coolest, you know, like, have you ever noticed that somebody who's, have, many times people that are overweight, they're very outgoing. Have you noticed that? Right? That it's, it's because they're very outgoing with the way they eat as well. It's just like their personality. I'm telling you, everything I say, I have to be very, very careful. It's today's generation. No one would listen to me. They're just going to jump. But it's, it's a reality. You know, I can't say fat. In England, you'd say fat very easily. That's, everyone just says it freely. Today, you can't say that word. So, um, you know, that's another thing. If you see the person for who they really are, you can move past the boundaries of, oh, they're not as cool. They're not part of my clique. They're not part of my circle. And you can actually talk to them face to face. Natasha's in the house and Gabe's in the house and Melody. Um, Sorry, I'm a little late. (laughs) No, it's never late. So um, I would love to know from you. We're talking about different ideas of how we can love people around us more. And we were talking about how, um, um, you know, like today, especially there's a lot of heat going on. People are having a lot of trouble with COVID and a lot of trouble with jobs and work and dating and everything. Everything's around people, parents dealing. So how can we learn to love? I'm going to tell you why I'm talking about this, but we're going through different ideas of how we can learn to love. And um, Becca said, listen, be a, be a here, right? Be a hearing person. Uh, we said, Eitan said, um, look, at, look at the person for who they really are. Uh, what do you say? Love yourself. Start loving yourself. Chloe said, look at their virtues, not just what they have. And, right? A lot of stuff that we spoke in dating. But what else do you think we need in order to loving the people around us and and obviously it means that i'm more in peace in general right so what else do you think we need natasha yeah i think we need acts of kindness i think a lot of people think that it's so difficult to um to reach out and help other people i think i've heard a lot of people say oh if it's not like a big gesture if i'm not you know starting my own organization or doing some big thing that it's not enough but i think we can show love in very little easy ways of making hala for someone one week or sending them a nice message. Um, when COVID hit and, you know, I couldn't see any of my friends, especially at the beginning, I started writing letters to them and wow, no one's so gotten a letter cool. in a long time. Right. Like, um, so kind of like, I felt like I was at summer camp and I'm writing these letters to my friends and, um, telling them that I love them. I think, I think it's easy. I think we just have to say things more. I. It's more about I, the thought than the big gift that you're giving. It's, it's yeah, and just 100%. like saying to people, um, I really try and when someone's good to me and in my life, I really try and tell them, thank you so much. Like I'm so grateful. You're so wonderful, and I and I really reinforce that because I think we love so many people and we love you know having these wonderful people in our environment, but we don't say it a lot. And then they don't know that they're, they're loved, right? They right. don't know that that's how we feel about them. So I almost, it's like my friends laugh there. They're like, you're always saying to us, like, you you love us, you're appreciative, but you never know when it's going to be your last time to see someone or your last connection with them or, or if they really need someone um, supporting them. So I think it's easy. You just have to say it a lot and show it a lot in little yeah. ways. And you never know if they're going to, on a selfish note, you never know if they're going to be the ones that can help you one day, you know? So you can only gain by being a good person to the other people around you. Um, but that's beautiful. You know, it's really, really important to, um, to do small acts of kindness as well. It's kind of touching on what Yasmin said, which is these small acts of kindness that we do um, that also can allow us to connect to people. We don't have to think of big things, which is a very interesting point. Famously, Maimonides says it's, you'd rather give $1 to a thousand people than a thousand dollars to one person. Meaning, 
the act of giving a thousand gifts is much greater than the act of giving one big gift. And we know that in life as well, like throughout life, when we do small things, they can actually, uh, they can achieve so much more than when we think of doing big things. We get tired when we do big things. We don't do it as often. We don't do it with all our heart, you know, maybe once in a while, but it's the small things that really make a big gesture of loving the people around us. It's true. Um, so we went through some things. And basically, most of the things I'm going to talk about tonight, and the reason that I'm mentioning this is because we're now in the three weeks working towards Tisha B'Av, the 9th of Av. Now, the 9th of Av, on that day, almost every single Jewish historical atrocity happened on that day. It's insane. The First World War started on the 9th of Av. The world didn't know when the 9th of Av is, right? They have a secular calendar, which is not dependent on the solar lunar calendar. We have a very unique calendar. I'm not going to get into it, but it depends on both the moon and the sun. Everyone else either has the, the lunar calendar, which is, the, is uh, Islam relies on the lunar calendar, and Christianity and the, the calendar that we have is reliant on the sun. We have 365 days in a year. It's dependent on the sun. The, the, the moon has 11 days less 11 and a half days less in a year. And we combine the two. Judaism is a mix of the lunar sun. So no one knows exactly when 9th of Av falls. Every year it changes. It's always a few days within range of each other. It's never really exactly on the same day. Uh, only once in, in, in 19 or 10 years uh, can it actually get back to the same day in English. as it. So let's say you're, you all have a Hebrew birthday, right? Do you all know your Hebrew birthday? Do you know it, Natasha? So when you were born, you, but that Hebrew birth date never falls the same every year. Only once, I think in 19 years, does it actually hit the same date uh, of the day that you were born on an English calendar and on the Hebrew birthday. So 9th of Av moves around, but no matter what happens throughout history, and you can look this up, it's insane. Throughout history, all the greatest atrocities happened on that day, on the 9th of Av. And it started all the way back from um, when the Jews were in the desert. Then the first temple was destroyed on the 9th of Av. The second temple was destroyed, guess what, on the 9th of Av. Uh, the expulsion of the Jews uh, from England was on the 9th of Av. All the people that did it, all the perpetrators, did not know when the 9th of Av is exactly falling. But everything, World War I, which eventually led to World War II, happened on 9th of Av. So almost the, the Spanish Inquisition, the Spanish Inquisition in 1492 with Ferdinand and, and Isabella when they threw out the Jews of Spain, um, which led to many more atrocities, fell on the 9th of Av. The Inquisition, the day that they announced all Jews must leave or convert, was on the 9th of Av. So this, whether you believe in God or higher power or not, there's something crazy that goes on with the 9th of Av. And actually, um, after the World War, in the religious community, the Chazon Ish, one of the greatest rabbis that, lives, that lived in Israel after the World War, uh, they went to him, a big Kabbalistic rabbi, and they said, we need to make a day to remember the Holocaust. We need to make a specific day to remember the Holocaust. Can we make something religiously part of Judaism? Because it's true we have Holocaust Memorial Day and we have those things, but it's not part of the religion, so to speak. It's not instituted as a halakha, as a Jewish law. So they said, can we religiously make it a Jewish commemoration? This is the worst thing that ever happened to the Jews in, in history. And he says, we can't because 9th of Av, that day that's coming up, which is going to be next week, Thursday, Wednesday night, Thursday, is the day when that when all the bad of all history happened. So we can't change it. That's the date. So anyway, um, that's how it's always been. Ninth of Av has always been the saddest day for the Jewish people, but also a day of hope and inspiration. And we're going through that right now. Anyway, what I wanted to tell you is an, a fascinating Talmud, which talks about the reason why the temple was destroyed. Okay, so the first temple was destroyed. Uh, it lasted for 410 years. 
We were exiled for 70 years, and then the second temple lasted for 420 years, and then that was destroyed as well, and we were exiled by the Romans. Okay, so that was 2,000 years ago. The second temple was destroyed. It lasted for 420 years, and it got destroyed. Now, the Talmud says, why was the first one destroyed? And it says, because the Jews started failing in three areas. One is shfichut damim, they were committing acts of murder. Uh, idolatry and adultery. So the three cardinal sins, the three things that you would rather die than doing if someone asked you to do it. If someone came to you with a gun into your head and said, either you kill someone or I kill you, according to Judaism, you'd rather be killed than kill someone else. You cannot be a murderer by all means. And if someone comes to you with a gun to your head, you would rather take the bullet than kill somebody else. And the rule applies also to adultery. If somebody says sleep with so-and-so who's married, you are not allowed to sleep with them because you would rather be killed than do that, such a thing. And the same is with idolatry. Serving idols, that people have a problem with. But um, when you understand the concept of God and how important it is for the world, you can also understand the idea that idolatry also is one of the three very Severe sins that you'd rather be killed than commit it. So those are the three things that the Jews failed in the first temple. The Talmud says, so what about the second temple? It says, no, listen, let me tell you something. The second temple had Torah. It had study halls. It had Masim Tovim. The people were doing good deeds. They were doing good things. There was none of that. But you know what they had? They had baseless hatred. They had hate. And it wasn't just hatred. It was baseless hatred. And because of the hatred between them and each other, the temple was destroyed. So the temple says, wait a second. During the first temple, when they did all that stuff, murder, idolatry, adultery, there was hatred there too. What does it mean that there was hatred only in the second temple? There was hatred during the first temple. So then it said, no, 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 no. The hatred in the first temple was mainly shown by the leaders and it wasn't done as much in public. I mean, it was done as much in public. But the second temple, that was destroyed. That was the hatred from within. It was a hidden hatred that everyone had. It wasn't just in the leaders. It was, a, it was just a communal thing. Everyone just was angry and hated each other. And eventually Hashem says, okay, fine. If I continue with the way that this temple works, it's just going to cause more problems to the world. I need to destroy it. And for that reason, we already knew it was going to be destroyed. For that reason, the Jews got spread out. And it says, the Talmud says, look at the difference. Look at this. It says, for 2,000 years, the second temple is still being destroyed. Look how long it's, we don't even know the end of how long this exile is that we were thrown out of Rome and the temple was destroyed. It's still not built. So we don't even know how long this is going to end, the Talmud says, and it's still going on 2,000 years. The first temple, it was told it's going to only last for 70 years to be destroyed. And it, exactly that, that's how long it was, only 70 years. And the Talmud says, look, baseless hatred is so bad that it has caused the temple to be destroyed for this long. For this long, 2,000 years. The temple was, why? Because of baseless hatred. Whilst the first one was only destroyed because of 70 years. But what I find really fascinating is two things. Number one is, what is the concept of baseless hatred? That's the first thing I kind of find fascinating. It's a new word. It's called sinat chinam, hating for no reason. That's kind of a weird thing. How do you hate someone for no reason? You always have a reason to hate someone. Anyone who hates someone, you ask them, even KKK or whatever it is, you ask them, why do you hate? They'll tell you a good reason that they believe is the reason for their hate. There's nobody that hates for no reason. So that's the first thing. What does it mean, baseless hatred? Because we've got to have baseless love in order to fix that world of baseless hatred. This is stuff that we're all going through right now, by the way. This is big time. We're going through what we call baseless hatred, and, and it's got to stop. So we've got to really understand this concept here because that's the world that we're in. And um, so the first thing is, what does it mean baseless hatred? The second thing I want to tell you is, 
This is also a fascinating concept that the Talmud teaches me, and that's what we just said, is that the hatred that happened before is different than the hatred now. Here, the, the hatred now is we have good people around. We have, to, we, you know, we had Torah. We had Masim Tovim. People were doing good deeds. They were studying Torah. There was everything. It looked good on the outside, but it was rotten from the core. So really, the growth for real love for others, for the, the way to gain baseless love, as opposed to baseless hatred, we're really talking about something deep from within. It's not anymore something that's from without. It's not some, it, it's, it's something which is hidden from within, deep in the core. And that's what we need to fix. What we're trying to fix here is something deep, deep within. Okay? Not just on how I look on the outside, but it's a hidden hatred. And don't you, don't you see that? Don't you feel that? That there's a hidden hatred in the air? There's like, no one says anything, but behind the doors, I tell you, I'll prove to you that there's a hidden hatred. Do you want me to prove to you there's a hidden hatred? Look how many anonymous um, comments there are online. When you walk around and you speak to people face to face, no one's talking like that. Right? But, Suddenly, because people are behind a screen and they can come anonymously, you know, you see a video or something and you see tons of comments that are so filled with hate. Where did that come? Those people are not on the streets. So where are they? And the truth is, it's a hidden hatred deep from within. And it needs to be the idea of love or the idea of hatred is a, an idea from deep within the core. It's deep from within. It's not as much on how you express yourself. We're very good with expressing yourself to the public very nicely and very sweet and very good. But behind closed doors, that's where the work needs to be done. Okay, so if anyone talks to us or to you about having more love and having more peace, we need to stop thinking about the peace from in public and how it looks good to the outside and really start talking about the peace from within because that's the core of peace, right? Most people are depressed, right? Many, many people, the amount of people that are depressed today in America is, 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 is crazy. The numbers are so high. And again, the concept, what's, what's depression? It's a concept of something that's bothering me deep from within. It's I look great on the outside. I look perfect to the public. I look beautiful to the public. But inside, there's something rotting to the core. You can have somebody who has a great six-pack, great muscles, great-looking body, and they're so, they look so healthy. But actually, they're really unhealthy. You can have that. You can have somebody who's really healthy on the outside, but from within, the lungs are not working so well. Their heart's not working. They just have the right machines that make their, you know, what, what's those toner pads? Do you remember those things that used to be a thing? I don't think they're popular anymore. But those toner, do you remember those toner pads connecting yourself to wires? That was a thing when we grew up, right? That was the weight loss thing. It's not, you, does anyone see those anymore? Are they still around? No one falls for it. It's a joke. But there used to be those things that you attach yourself to and you just, you, a joke. So you can, there's this theory that you can look good on the outside and who cares of how I look from the inside? And I'm telling you, that's where it matters because you, we, we don't even realize, but when people talk to you and when you talk to others, what your, your beauty that's coming out is not just your external beauty. It's from with, deep from within. There's a beauty that's coming from within as well. And it's an attraction, it's a joy, it's a love that people feel, ah, I want to get connected to this person. There's just great vibes. So those vibes are, are made when no one's watching, when the doors are closed, when I'm alone. That's when those vibes are made. So how do we build good vibes for the people around us and in life in general? Okay, so I've got some tools and we basically spoke about most of them, and I'm going to go through with them with you um, right now, okay? So we basically mentioned the first, um, which is starting to love yourself, like Eitan said. And I have some ideas of how we can love ourselves more. Tell me what you think. But how can we love ourselves more? 
right? Because it says, You should love your friends like you love yourself. So you can't love others if you don't love yourself. If somebody's angry, first rain check is deep within, okay? What is wrong with me? So I was talking about this actually with Eitan yesterday. I don't know if he's still listening. He's busy with his barbecue. But uh, I was talking to him yesterday about this. And I was, it's a concept that I've, I've come to learn. Started when I went to yeshiva, actually. But it's a concept that I, st- sorry, excuse me. I started to learn from other people as well. Um, and also from people that I've taught. And it's like this. We all have ambitions, okay? How do you love yourself? So here's, here's a key. I'm telling you, this is gold, okay? Every person has ambitions to succeed, Everyone wants to succeed. You want to do better. You want to be stronger. You want to be better, uh, healthier. You want to have a better job. You want to have more money. You want to succeed in, in marriage, getting a, uh, you know, dating, getting a spouse. You want to succeed in a family. You want to su- Everyone wants to succeed. You, you don't want to see yourself as a failure. True or not true? Everyone here want to have bracha, want to have blessing in their life. You all want good. So here's the, here's the big challenge. So we all have this dream of getting more, being more successful, ambitions, money, family, whatever I don't have, I dream of. But then there's a big problem, okay? And this is what I said. Don't let your ambitions ignore how you have become. Again, don't let your, your ambitions ignore how you have become. And what I'm trying to say, I don't know if I'm wording it right or the, or the, the, the language is right, but it doesn't matter. You should get the message. When I have an ambition, does it let me ignore the, what I've achieved so far? Okay, so let me tell you that when I started Talmud, I learned one page of Talmud and it took me Hours, not hours, days, not days, weeks, not weeks, months, and I only finished one page. That that Talmud is somewhere in the in the in my parents' house. I hope it's still there because I'm I'm planning the next time I go to England, I'm going to take that Talmud with me. It's scribbled all over it, and I'm trying to decipher the words of one of the most difficult. It was a Talmud in Yevamot, a, a very complicated Talmud, but it was one page, and it was I got thrown into. I went into yeshiva and started learning, and it was the hardest Talmud that you can imagine. I went through one page in months, and I managed to finish it after many, many months. I finished it. And finally, I finished that page, and I go to my teacher, and I say, listen, this is ridiculous. I did one page. Do you know how many pages? In Yevamot, there's over 150 pages, as far as I remember. There's hundreds of pages. So... I only did one. And I said to him, forget it. I'm done. I'm done. This Judaism thing just doesn't work. I'm done. I'm finished. I did one page in a few months. Look how many pages there are of one Talmud. Do you know how many Talmuds there are? There's no way I'm going to achieve in anything in Judaism. There's just no way. I did one page. So he says to me, your ambitions are beautiful. And this is always something that stuck to me. He says, it's great that you want to finish all of Talmud but you're forgetting that you finished one page of Talmud. And that was to me, I didn't even think of it at the time, but it was such a powerful message to me. And he was saying, look, you've achieved one page. Do you realize what one page is? Do you recognize the power of studying one page? So you're thinking, oh my gosh, I've got 150 more pages to learn, but you're forgetting that you did one page. So, this is so important in all areas of life. We have ambitions. We want to, uh, for instance, I want to get married and build a family. Okay, but do you realize where, where you've become? It's true. You should have that ambition. Don't, don't lose that ambition, but don't let it get you angry to a point where you forget what you have become. Do you know what you've become? You went through a school system and you studied and you... you graduated and you did some amazing things look how uh, look what a person you are you can talk to people now you're an adult look what you've become look at your upbringing every day till this moment that is the approach that a person has to have it's okay to have ambitions 
It's not okay to ignore what you have become because that will get you to depression. It won't get you to loving yourself. Loving yourself means that you recognize what you have, recognize what you've become, recognize your achievements. That's the way to love yourself. And if you ignore that, just because you have ambitions and focusing on what you need to achieve, then it, it, that's dangerous. That's one of the big dangers of social media. It teaches me that everyone else's ambitions, everything else that everyone has is what I need to have, and everything I have is worthless. And it makes you ignore what you have become. If somebody has, was able to move into their own apartment and pay their bills for one year and, and succeed in, in just living on their own, and being independent, wow, look how you've become. You've built independence. That's something. It's, it's when I fail in some areas and then I think, oh, forget it. I'm, I'm a worthless. Look, my it's, what is it? It's your ambitions are destroying all of what you've become till now. It's a disaster. So we can't let that happen. Okay? The next thing I'm going to say is, that was number one. How do you love yourself more? Don't let your ambitions ignore what you have become. How do you love yourself more? Here's another point. Okay, Point number two to loving yourself more is run away from negativity. Sorry, I'm thirsty. Um, does anyone have anything to say, by the way, about that? Letting your ambitions ignore what you have become. Any thoughts about that? Does that, res does that make sense to anybody? Yeah. I think it can be very easy for us to get caught up in where we're trying to go and not recognize how far we've come. And I think yes. that's what you're saying a lot is just we we get so focused, especially like being in a master's program or whatever. We're all high achieving people in this group, too. So I think it's really extra with us um, yes. we're constantly. Where's the next um, the next step, the next goal? to get to. And I used to be like that a lot and it would really cripple me in a sense because I wasn't enjoying any of the journey. Um, I wasn't enjoying the fact that I had already come so far and exactly it does, it does a disservice to ourselves because we're not acknowledging our own strength, our own ability. Um, and so I try and empower my clients to, to see how far they've come and not worry so much about the next steps ahead. Um. Exactly. So that's really, that, that, and, and it doesn't mean that you should kill your ambitions because ambitions are important to succeeding, but you should have them, keep them. But the point or the minute that your ambition overpowers your recognition of what you are, because that's where your happiness is. It says, It says in in Ethics of Our Fathers, a wealthy person finds joy in what they have become, in who they are. So you find joy in your eyes, in your nose, in your mouth, in, in your brain. You can find joy in your arms, in the fact that you can eat, you can breathe, you can walk. These are all reasons to find great joy. We don't think of it, we get used to it. I have a whole happiness class on, on what happiness really is. It's a state of mind and recognizing what you have. So, um, but, but an ambition is dangerous because it can pull you away from recognizing what you have. And we're always trained to chase after ambitions and forget what we've become. And that's very dangerous. Okay, so if you want to love yourself more, remember what you've become, not just uh, have ambitions, but don't let them steal your recognition of what you've become. Okay, number two, I think, is stay away from negativity. Now, here's a reason why I think many people fail with this. Because they think that evil does not exist. There's this mentality of this loving mentality, this mentality of, wow, we have to all be good and everything's good and there's no such thing as hate and there's no such thing as evil. It's true that we should avoid hate as much as we can, but we should also hate evil actions. That's something that we need to do. We need to recognize that evil exists. So... Once I recognize that there's good and evil in this world, I need to run away from negativity as much as I can because that can stop me from loving myself. That's such an important... Here's, here's an example of things that are negative, okay? That, you, that most people don't think of. 
Okay, here's, here's an example. Watching TV or watching a movie that's unnecessary. What about a horror movie? Oh, I'll watch it. Yeah. Let's see how gory this can be and how, how strong I am. Am I a man? How manly can I be to overcome this movie? Well, actually, run away from things like that. If it's not going to benefit you and give you a positive outlook on life, run away from it. And you know what? Most likely, they're not going to give you a positive outlook on life. So run away from it either way. But the concept of um, music that's, that's filled with cursing and anger and hate, it might be in the language of love, but it's full of cursing. Cursing nivulpe. According to Judaism, we're meant to have a clean mouth. Why? Why? Why is Judaism so bothered about the way we speak? Why is it so bothered by the way we think? It's not just because we're, we're this uh, OCD people, but we want to run away from anything negative. There's a great rabbi, uh, Rabbi Vigda Miller. He's not alive anymore, but he, he gave a speech once. And in his speech, he went on about people that were standing behind him polluting his mind. And he says the story that he was walking back. He was walking in New York and he, he says, that as he was walking, there was people behind him talking about how bad the air is and how bad the pollution is. So he, he started running and he tells this story. He, he started running and he's like, these people are polluting. They're polluting the air. The air's polluting. They're polluting my mind. I was so happy about the air five minutes ago. They're polluting my mind, complaining. So an environment where people are complaining immediately when you hear that kind of environment, you need to walk away and say to yourself, you know what? I'm so glad that I'm in New York. Even if it's bad air, but you can find joy in the reasons uh, that you have. Maybe because at least I'm in a country that, that is, that is a, a safe country and so on, that has good values. You know, walking around with this, a bit, this allowing yourself to hear negativity is something we don't do. It's, the, the language, the music, the, the movies, the TV, the friends, all of this stuff, if it's not positive, it's really hard for us. To, do you know, we go now, we, we, when we take my kids to the doctor or whatever, I have to fill a form. On that form, it says, how many hours a day does your kid watch TV? Or does your child watch more than two hours of TV a day? They watch none in our house. But, but... When, when, they were, when I was reading that, I was like, wow, the world recognizes that TV is unhealthy for kids. And I wonder, uh, you know, when I go into the doctor, do they have the same form saying, how do you watch more than two hours of TV a day? And they don't. When I go to the doctor, that same form doesn't, it doesn't exist. Do you, do you ever get that form when you go to the doctor? But I'm telling you now that every time I take my kids to the doctor, there's a list of questions because they really are, in, do, I ch do I feed my child vegetables? Um, does my child, how many hours of TV do they watch a day? Are they getting the right nutrition? There's a list of questions because it's very, very important for the young age that children are well uh, fed, they're well nourished, um, and, and that way they would live a more healthy lifestyle later on. It's very much affecting them at a young age. So they gave me, every single time I take my kids to a doctor, I get the same form that I have to fill up. And I'm like, this is the most Jewish form I have ever seen in my life. This is awesome. It really is. It's got all the values that I stand for. But why only for kids? Why only, if, you, if your kid, if your kid was walking into, a, into your room, and watching the movie that you're watching, then you need to ask you, and you will tell your kid, hey, kid, don't watch it. Then why are you watching it? Why is your kid any different than you? Because they're younger? Because what? Because they're, they're more pure? So why can't we be more pure? No, I don't want my kid to watch the news and politics. None of politics in my house. I once came to someone's house, his kids, where there was the news, he said, kids, get out, politics. So why are you watching politics? No, I need to, it goes two ways. If you don't want it with your kids, you don't want it with yourself either. It's a val it should be a universal value. 
YouTube is now asking, is this kid friendly? Before every video that I upload, there's like this whole thing now where they have to, they have these legalities for kid friendly. What about adult friendly? We're also, we're also fragile human beings. I'm just trying to give us a, ourselves a picture of the things that we e easily expose ourselves to is outrageous. We easily expose ourselves to, and we do it, eventually it comes to the point where people are easily cursing. And then they tell me, well, Rabbi, it's not that the curse words, I'm not thinking of what they mean. That's even worse. You don't even, you don't even know what they mean, but you're still throwing them out. You know, it's come to a point that people can be in front of children and not hold back from their cursing. I've seen it within my own house when people come. They, they can, by mistake, throw a curse word in front of a child and they're like, oh, shouldn't have said that in front of the kids. I mean, but it's just because we came so used to this atmosphere of neck. Of course, you're going to have hate inside. The, the movies are about hate. The songs are about hate. Yo, it's not real. Listen to this. American Psychological Association, I pulled this out of the APA. Listen to this. Scientists have linked TV viewing to antisocial behavior. Lowered verbal IQ, you would think the opposite. I mean, you're seeing more words. And altered brain structure. It affects babies even when they're unaware. That means if your TV's on and your kid's around, even if they're unaware, there's something happening to them. It lowers the attention span. It makes you overweight. The average 18-year-old has seen over 200,000 violent acts committed on television over the course of his lifetime by the time he's 18, including 40,000 murders. It doesn't matter whether they're acted or not. Maybe they're not acted, but it doesn't matter. This is, of course, a person's going to be upset from within or hurt from within if they, if they watch and expose themselves to that kind of thing. So if you want to love yourself more, the first place to start is asking yourself, what, am, what negativity am I exposing myself to? It really does, uh, it really does affect you. And most, you should know, most people subconsciously are not thinking of the words, right? Uh, most people subconsciously are not thinking of what's really being said. But eventually it has an effect on us, period. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not here now saying that everyone needs to be a religious Jew like me and, and you know, live a lifestyle like me. That's not what I'm saying, but it's very clear that we're just, un we're not even thinking, and even from a secular perspective, the American Psychological Association did not call me up before they wrote this. They did not call a rabbi up before they wrote this. This is not a religious thing. This is science, okay? Anyone who says, we don't believe in science, here's science. This is science. The overexposure to, um, to negativity, TV, the overexposure to music, that's, that's with cursing, and all of this stuff has a subconscious effect on us, period. And if I want to love myself more, run away from that kind of stuff. Start listening to things that are, you know, podcasts that are more about um, uh, uh, just m real stuff, you know, real love. Things that you see, make sure, this called Shmirat guarding your eyes. Nivul uh, Peh, which is guarding my mouth. Every single, these my mouth, my eyes are holy. That's how Judaism looks at it. I'm Jack, can I ask a question? Yes. Um, what is the, the, the balance between avoiding things that are evil and negative and also staying informed about things that have an impact on us in the world? Like when you were talking about um, watching politics on the news, like obviously that's something that breeds a lot of negativity, but that's also important to be informed about because we need to know what's happening and what the politicians are saying so that we can make, um, you know, the best educated vote about laws and things that will impact us and our and kids and everyone. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, I'm, I'm very much in the know. I'm expo I expose myself to what's going on, to the news. Um, you know, I see the highlights. I see the general thing because I, I get people asking. First of all, I have a great interest myself. I have a personal interest in what's going on. Um, but at the end of the day, how much, you know, divide it by 10. 
How much time do I really need to know? How much time do I really need to spend? Okay, I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard about Joe Biden. I've heard about Donald Trump. I've heard about where they're at right now. I've heard about what's going on again and again and again and again. Come on. You know, big news will happen. I promise you, you will know the big news either way. Right? You will know it. Even without a TV. I found out about 9-11 without a TV. You know? You know, big news happens either way. But it's the, the amount of knowledge that we need to have. Honestly, do I really need to know about everything that happens, every single pain and negative occurrence that happens in the world? Shira's very, my wife Shira, she says, why do I need to know about it? Why do I need to know about the murder that happened, um, that three random people were murdered in, in the other side of America? Why do I need to know about every single murder case that happens in the world? Is it, am I dealing with the case? Am I the judge? But we are exposed... Yeah, the new report, the news today is, is reaching much further reaches than it ever did. For instance, it used to be that unless you turned on your TV and sat on it for an hour, you'll get the entire coverage of what happened in the news. Today, you don't need that. You just flick through a, one website and you get all the highlights of what happened today. Boom. You won't miss a thing. It used to be, you know, you had to sit on the TV for an hour to go through it. If you didn't sit on the TV that day for the hour, you, wouldn't, you, you didn't get it. So it, we are overly exposed to every problem that happens in the world. You don't need it. We don't need to know it. It's not going to help us. If it's a, a case study that I need to work on, fine. If it's, um, uh, if it's something that's relevant to me, fine. But you know what? I don't need to know it. Someone asked me about what happened, you know, with the anti-Semitism that's recently been going on by famous people. I don't know. I, I heard something. I don't know who they are. I didn't, never knew about any of those people. Not, now I do. I never knew who Nick Cannon was. I never knew who Deshaun Jackson, right? Is that how you say his name? I never knew any of them before. I don't know. I still don't know what they play. Do they play basketball, baseball, or soccer? I still don't know. I don't know. It's not an interest to me. It just shows that, that why do I not know? Because then I have no, there's no need for me to know. So I, oh, another person hates the Jews today. Great. That's going to, that's going to make me so much more intelligent. It doesn't, I don't need to know about this stuff. I would rather than no one told me. Somehow someone told me about it and that, that was it. But I didn't, I don't need to know this stuff. It's not going to, you know, the big things, well, the big things that, look, divide everything you feel like you need to know by 10, maybe you'll be okay. But there's literally the, the amount of exposure that we're having to negativity is unhealthy. Anyone, anyone else thoughts? Yes. I have a thought. Um, yeah. I have reached a point where I'm my happiest at my core self that I've ever been. And I Amazing. can say that during COVID times, which is not an easy thing. Um, and I realized it's because I've set healthy boundaries for myself. And like you're saying, I used to look on the news a lot and I still do. I'm still very informed. I still know what's up, but I don't look right before I'm going to sleep. I don't look throughout the day constantly checking what, you know, what's going on. I check in the morning so I know what's going on. And then the rest of my day, I, I live my life and I Beautiful. do what I can for other people. And and I set healthy boundaries because if I don't have those boundaries, it seeps into every aspect of my life. And I've told my dad, he'll have all day long, the news is on. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm okay. I don't need it on a constant running thing. And he said, I'm, I'm having bad dreams. I'm having a lot of this. I was like, well, you should probably watch the news a little less. Yeah. Um, but I think it's about in every aspect of our lives, setting healthy boundaries. If we tell, I had a friend had an opinion about my dating life the other day. And he said, can I tell you my, my thoughts and what you need to change? I said, you know, I'm actually okay right now. I said, I, I really, I appreciate you caring, but I, I'm good. And I think I'm going to figure it out. Um, good. And I didn't say it really, but I was able to draw a boundary because we don't always need to take in everybody's opinions of ourselves. And we don't need to always take in every, everything going on in the world. Sometimes we can just be okay and who we are. And it's not that we're ignorant or not willing to listen, but we also need to know when we need to just, we're good. I'm okay. Thank you. Like I'm doing fine. Um, For sure. I think we have to draw that line, you know? 
hundred percent. You know, knowing things is not necessarily the definition. There's a difference between knowing information and wisdom. And we've mentioned this in the dating series, but it's so important because we think that if, I, if I'm knowledgeable about everything that's going on in the world, I'm going to be a more wise person. And it's not true. It's not true. You could be very knowledgeable, but not insightful at all. You could be very knowledgeable and do the most stupid of things. So wisdom, according to Judaism, is actually, this is very, very interesting. But according to Judaism, it's actually the fear of God. Uh, the recognition that there's purpose behind everything. That is the greatest source of wisdom that a person can have. And when you look at things from on a much deeper level, and you contemplate about things, and you really, you, you, you think, you know, the, the amount of insight you have is much more important than the knowledge that you have. You know, I, I don't necessarily, you know, I don't know a lot about um, sports. You know, I don't know a lot about American sports especially. Does that mean I'm, I'm less wise? No, it just means I'm not knowledgeable about sports. It doesn't mean that I'm less wise. Wisdom is actually tested in a place of insight. Okay? Uh, it's, it's very important. You know, it was, uh, something else I was speaking about was, um, you know, I was reading something that someone said about Elon Musk. And it was like, look at what he's become. He's, uh, he's so amazing. He's changed the world. Da, 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 da. And he's, he, this is a person that's making the world a better place. Um, uh, he's changing the world and making this world a better place. And, and this is something that I would love to do. And it was basically a picture of him when he was very young and, uh, and a picture of him now. And it's basically saying, look what he's become. And it was actually something I saw on LinkedIn and, and, and hundreds of people were messaging and talking. And I was thinking to myself, you know, He's made the world a more convenient place. I don't know anything about him to know if he's made the world a better place. Now, please, no one get angry with me. Because hear me out. If I make, just because I made some good cars and I have a lot of, you know, knowledge of how to make good cars and have a great skill on how to make good cars and rockets and so on. And that means I'm making the world a more convenient place. It does not mean I'm making the world a better place. It's just, it's a better, easier world to live in. It's not necessarily a better, a better place. I do, do I know what kind of husband he is? Do I know, I'm sorry, Elon, I shouldn't, I feel bad. But do, do I know, do I know what kind of father he is? I'm sure he's a great man. And that, that would really tell me if he's making the world a better place. But don't say that you're making the world a better place because you're creating rockets. That, that's not an indication. I'll tell you why it's so dangerous. Because everyone thinks, it makes everyone think that only if I'm super successful in my career, only if I make the big bucks in my career, then I'm going to be it. And it's not true. It doesn't mean that you're, a better, you're making the world a better place by making things more convenient or being more well-known. That's not what makes the world a better place. What makes a world a better place is deep from within and the type of family you, you, you bring up and the type of people that you connect to and what kind of vibes you give off to the other people around you. Because you, the best way to change the world is actually to change yourself and it's contagious. People will look at you and say, ah, oh, I, I like this person. I want to be like them. I want to hang out with them. And it's really it, making the world a better place is not necessarily in what you've achieved physically, materialistically in your career. It's really what you've achieved deep from within. What kind of father you are, what kind of mother, what kind of friend you are, what kind of things did you say to, how you uplift people around you, what you do with your money, how you speak, how you talk, how you think. These are the things that tell me whether you make a world a better place or not. It's just, it's, you have to, we have to change, shift our way of thinking. Anyway, here's another few ways that we can start loving ourselves more. And then we'll finish off, okay? Here's one. Dress well. I'm sure uh, Becca's going to love this one. But dress well. Maimonides says that it's the opposite of Shafal Ruach, which means uh, 
there's people that are low in spirit, okay? Low in spirit means that they, they just think, oh, I'm a waste. So what do they do? They put themselves even more in dirt. They grow their hair. They wear dirty clothes that they never change. They just sit on the couch and do that. Anyway, I'm not doing well. Anyway, my life's a waste. Anyway, I don't feel good. You, all you need to do is to switch everything is to just to change the way you dress. Buy yourself a new suit, put on some nicer clothes, and you'll start feeling better with yourself, okay? So actually, uh, that's why the Talmud says the, way, the, the language of clothes in, in, in Hebrew, in the Talmud, is kabduta, kabdute, which means to honor yourself. The, the, the way that you dress on the outside actually gives you a certain sense of honor to the way that you are from within. It gives you a sense of respect, of value. It's a small thing, but the way that you dress on the outside can actually affect you on the inside, which is one of the reasons why, um, you know, I like to always wear a nice buttoned shirt and um, a suit because it affects me from within, okay? So that's another way, easy physical way to actually uh, loving yourself more and um, the, that's really the basic thing, okay? So that's really the general. I wrote some other things like um, do things that get out, right? Don't waste your time. That's a way to not hate yourself. If you spend five hours on your couch doing nothing and then you see your friend actually succeeding, of course you're going to get upset. And you're going to say, oh, I hate everybody. I'm such, you know, because you're not, you're wasting your time. It's very interesting that the people that complain the most, a lot of the times are people that do the least. That, you know, uh, the government or this person should do this for me. And that person, no, they should be paying. They should be giving me free food. Uh, you, know, you know, it is the job of uh, the rabbi and the synagogue to, f to serve everyone food. So it's very interesting that those types of people that have come to me in the past, made those claims, um, when I used to run a shul, a synagogue, um, you know, it's, where is it coming from? It's coming from you yourself not doing enough yourself. It, if somebody feels that they're fulfilled with their time, if somebody feels like they're using the time wisely, then they will not, because I've, I've given myself everything. So I feel good with myself. If I feel like I'm doing nothing and I'm not giving myself my all, then of course I'm going to be upset with others that are doing well. Well, they're giving their all. A lot of times people succeed. Why? Because they actually sent the application for the job. Did you send the application for the job? Most people said, ah, they're not going to accept me anyway. But you didn't send the application for the job. At least try. So... To the, one of the keys to loving yourself is to knowing that I tried as hard as I can. I did my part. Asiti Micheli, I did what I need to do. And then I know, okay, fine, the rest is Hashem, but at least I did what I need to do. And what, that's one of the ways to loving yourself. If I feel that I'm wasting my time, I'm going to start feeling like I'm angry with everybody else. So that is a key to loving myself more, is to not wasting uh my time. The other things is also to do with negativity, living a life that's living for others. Where I'm always thinking, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? What are they going to think? That's not going to help me love myself more. When I'm actually confident within myself, I don't care what anyone thinks. I know that this is the right thing to do. Obviously, I'm doing it in the right way. I'm not going to cause problems and in, in the society, but I'm just gonna, but I'm, I'm confident with who I am. I'm not living for somebody else. I'll tell you a great statement. When somebody's, when somebody, this is a great statement I once heard. When you're, when you're 20, right, when you're in your teens, you're very self-conscious. You're always thinking, what did they say? What did he say? What did they say about me? Are they being secretive about me? What did you say? What did you guys say? What did you guys say? Right? We get very self-conscious. When we're young, the, even if we hear a secret, we have a rule in our house, no kids can tell secrets because all the other kids get very, you know, jealous and they're wondering what's going on, what are they saying? So from a young age, teenage years, you're very self-conscious. Once you hit your 30s, your 40s, 
you say to yourself, okay, fine, I don't care what people say. I am me. This is who I am. I don't care anymore. They can all watch. They can all say whatever they say. I don't care. I am who I am. So by the time you hit 40, you don't care anymore what people think. And by the time you get to, by the time you get to 60, you realize that no one was listening and watching all that time beforehand. So it's a, it's a great saying. You know, we, we, we're so self-conscious about what people are thinking. Most people are not thinking about Jack Miller all day long. I hope not, right? And I don't think they are. Most people are just thinking about their own life. It's not like I'm on, you know, like how sometimes we have a message and it didn't go well or whatever. And we're thinking, what did they, oh my gosh, I said the wrong thing. Oh my gosh. Oh my, oh my. this is so embarrassing. It happened to me recently. I sent a message to the wrong person, totally off topic question and it made me look really bad so it was it was like i was basically i was sending another question to another rabbi of something that i wanted to not understand more and instead of sending it to the rabbi i sent it to a student and it looks bad like oh he doesn't know his stuff so i was thinking but i'm like who cares i'm just trying who cares it was like a few seconds where i was like oh my gosh this is so embarrassing And then after a few seconds, I switched it. I'm like, who cares? So let him think that I don't know everything. Why am I embarrassed? It was a stupid thing to think of in the first place. So, you know, most of the time, those people that get that weird message by mistake or that they're not, they're not thinking of you. I promise you, most people are not thinking about you all day long. We think about ourselves all day long, but... Most people are not thinking, oh, what's Jack Miller doing right now? Okay, oh, he's probably, no, no, most people are not thinking about you. So it's really important to always live a life that's really for yourself and not for others. Don't live a life that's for others. You know, uh, what am I going to wear? What kind of guy am I going to date? Because I'm not just going to think about who I'm dating, but also how other people are going to think of me when I go out with this person. That's a problem. Oh, what's my mom going to say? What's my dad going to say? So it's good to be aware because you obviously don't want some crazy uh, lunatic coming in the house and say, oh, I don't care. Let my parents see this, you know, this weird guy that's wearing tons of uh, rings and whatever and totally off socially. So yeah, you, you've got to be aware of what people are thinking. But at a certain point, you can't live a life for others. Oh, what am I going to do? How, if I, oh my gosh, how am I going to tell everyone that I'm, uh, that I, that I'm getting married? It's going to be so weird. Who's going to come? Who's gonna, yeah, there's so many thoughts that we go through about what people think, and it doesn't let us do what we really want to do. So a great tool to loving yourself more is training yourself to live a life that's not for others, live a life that's more for yourself. And how do you do that? By thinking they're not, thinking about me 24-7. Most people are not thinking about me all day. It's really an important tool to have. Anyway, so I'm going to finish there. Next week, we'll continue maybe with some more how to love the people around us. It's just a, we'll call it the loving series. But so far, we just touched on how, to, how you can love yourself more. And we'll recap. This is the reason of the Uh, temple being destroyed. We did not explain what's the reason of baseless hatred, why it's called baseless hatred, maybe next week. But we started mentioning how you can love yourself more is the key to loving others and being in peace with yourself. That's the key. And we said first is don't let, you can have ambitions. We all have ambitions. We want lots of blessings in our life. But we can't ignore what I have become till now, like the Talmud. When I learn one page, don't think about the 150 pages that I still need to learn. Dude, you learned one page. That's amazing. Okay, so remember what you have become. Never let your ambitions ignore what you have become. That's a great way to loving yourself more. The second is stay away from negativity. You see things based on what you are used to seeing. And, and just if we keep being around negative things, that's how we're going to speak. So avoid the language of negativity. Ignore um, If there's bad friends, run away, run away, don't be friendly with them. If you see things that are coming up on your feed, press that ignore button and don't let it come on your feed anymore, right? 
You want to expose yourself always to positivity because evil exists. That's one of the big problems is people think evil doesn't exist and that's why they expose themselves to it. So we have to recognize that evil exists and I need to run away from it. Okay, and it's one of it's a scientific fact. It's an, the American Psychological Association agrees and says this is not a religious thing. That science is linked to TV viewing and antisocial behavior is linked to it. Um, people watch over forty thousand murders by the time they reach the age of eighteen. That's insane. So we must avoid ourselves from seeing negative things from speaking negative things from hearing negative things run away positive that's my motto in life and and i really stick to it so strongly and it's really affected me the minute it's negative i just turn away and i walk away i have no interest in being in that place i walk away next let me speak to you how are you doing oh you look awesome today you you're wearing some great right you you talk nicely it's so much better to be in an environment of positivity you only gain from it so anyway that's the next thing the next thing i said is dress well if you don't feel good with yourself especially for women go shopping and buy yourself a new clothing you'll feel a bit better start loving yourself more um that's a real thing judaism believes that for every holiday jewish holiday uh, I meant to put aside money for my wife to actually go shopping and buy uh, clothes. We have a lot of holidays, okay? That's why we have lots of clothes. But we have a lot of holidays. Men's classes. Oh, we should. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. But that's not going to be a draw, Becca. You know what guys should do for the women? Then they all, they, no one will turn up. Anyway, but um, uh, also don't live a life that is for others. How do we do that? By recognizing that most people are not listening and thinking about me. Only I'm thinking about me. And when I do that, even if I made a mistake, if I sent a message, if I did something wrong, who cares? Move on. It's like, in, uh, you know, recently I made, uh, last time I made a video about judging favorably and my videos get sent to H.com. So um, this time it had a spelling error. So the, the guy said, no, it's got a spelling error in it. So I said to myself, it's, I was so happy with myself because it, it had a serious, I judged, I wrote favorably with a U and it's not meant to be. It's meant to be, that comes from the word favorite and it's meant to be favorably without a U, right? You spell favorably, judge favorably without a U. And I wrote it with a U. So that's a bad mistake. But I was so happy with myself because as soon as I realized I made the spelling mistake, I'm just like, oh, who cares? Who cares if I posted it? We posted it on to this place and that place and other people saw it. And so many people saw my spelling error. And you know what? Who cares? Great. They know that I can't spell. I know I can't spell. So it's all good. Meaning, okay, I made a spelling error. But it, I've, I've, I was happy because 10 years ago, guaranteed, I would have... Put my, I would have gone red in my face and, from embarrassment and I would have been like, oh no, oh my gosh, that's so bad, that's so bad, that's terrible. But now I'm just like, who cares? Who cares? So I made a, I made a spelling error. Great. So who cares? And um, I, 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 it made me happy. And I'm even happy to leave it that way just to remind myself that I'm not perfect. Anyway, so start loving yourself more because that's the way to being in peace with yourself and with the people around you. That's the number one key to having love for the people around us. Okay, so that's uh, this for this week. We'll continue our loving talk next week as well. <laughs> <laughs>